you know, a lot of, there's a lot of talk about prayer in not only uh, kind of Christian and church circles, but conversation about prayer maybe in all kind of different uh, environments. Um, you know, the statistics say that a lot more people say that they pray than those that even believe. <laughs> so it's, uh, you, I know you have people in your life, at your job, in your family that are, are focused on prayer. I heard about these two guys that were working together, and this one guy is in just in conversation mentions, you know, praying about this or that or something that was going on in his life. And his coworker says, shockingly, I didn't even know you prayed. Are you sure you know anything about prayer? He said, I got, I got $10 that you, that you don't know the Lord's prayer. And the guy felt a little insulted. And he said, why, certainly and so he began to, to quote, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And if I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. The other guy started laughing. He said, goodness, reached in his pocket, pulled out $10, and said, I had no idea that you knew the Lord's friend. <laughs> That's how it is sometimes, right? There's a lot, a lot, of, a lot of thought about prayer. But that, that's not what God has called us to. Uh, God has called us uh, to pray and to pray boldly before him. Those are, that's not my idea. That's the idea that the scripture has. Now, not everyone can pray boldly before God. Some people are plagued by doubt and fear and are afraid to ask because there's a lack of confidence, a lack of confidence that God will answer as they desire. Yet as believers, we are compelled by the Holy Scriptures to boldly seek God's intervention in our lives. When we pray courageously, with wisdom, our faith is stretched, and we can't help but to press on with greater requests to God. He wants us to pray with boldness. He wants us to pray with confidence, to be bold. It, it's like a spiritual birthright as a believer in Christ, to pray with confidence to our heavenly Father for his ability to intervene in any situation, uh, to save the lost, to change lives, to transform our world. He wants us to pray with boldness and courage, not because that we have it all together, but rather that he holds it all together with us in mind. So this morning, let's be changed. Let's, let's hear this call uh, to boldness. When it comes to prayer, there are some people in the Bible who really knew how to pray. I mean, they prayed the kind of prayers that made a difference, prayers that worked. Jesus was one of them, of course. Then there's people just like you and me, a man like the Apostle Paul, that we look at him today. He prayed prayers that changed the world. He was able to take 
the good news of Jesus Christ all around the world and see lives change because many times the prayers, the bold prayers that he prayed. So today we're looking at a scripture and that's really a prayer that he prayed and to just see from it how prayer works in the life of the Apostle Paul. It's a scripture from 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'll kind of read parts as we go along. But it's one of those scriptures that if you are kind of reading through the Bible, it just sounds like Paul uh, kind of offering a little bit of encouragement and maybe even a closing kind of thought to the people that he was writing to. You know, sometimes you come across those sections of scriptures that really are, seem so powerful, and then you read these. Uh, he's kind of just offering words of encouragement out there. Um, I, I think I had, I think I misread this scripture. Uh, I didn't really realize what, what was happening uh, in this passage uh, in Thessalonians. Uh, it starts out in verse 10 uh, on your outline there. It says, he says, night and day... We pray earnestly for you, asking God to let us see you again to fill the gaps in your faith. Now, I, I understand that there's a mystery in prayer. I don't really get everything about prayer. Um, why does God answer some really big prayers and not some small prayers? And then sometimes he answers small prayers and doesn't seem to, to move the way we wanted it to on the big things. Uh, I mean, when's the last time that God just surprised you about an answer uh, to prayer? Because we pray believing that God wants to work. Uh, and we are called to pray specific prayers that he wants to give to us. I mean, how do we pray the kind of prayers that, that work, that we see God at work in us? How do we not miss out on the joy of answered prayer? I mean, if you, if you read the prayers of the Bible, there are all kinds of prayers. And we need to learn uh, to pray. And the Apostle Paul here is praying. Night and day, he says, we earnestly uh, pray for you. I, I want change. I want growth. I want movement in my prayer life. How about you? We believe it. I told you last week that the kind of the focal point of this whole conversation about prayer for me was, do I practice at the level that I truly believe? How do I put it into practice? Wanting something to change, wanting my communication with God to develop, wanting something to change in the, the needs that are going to, to see effectiveness in prayer. So what do we learn from Paul? Uh, we're going to talk about uh, three simple things. Now, when I get to the third one, don't get excited because there's five things under number three. So I just kind of give you warning about that. Uh, so Paul is talking to us and he's offering this prayer. So what do we learn? Number one, we learn from Paul in this verse to pray frequently. Pray frequently. If you want your prayers to work, you pray frequently. He says, night and day I prayed for you. For prayer to, 
to, to be effective, we need to pray frequently. God's going to hear all of your prayers. He hears your prayers if you pray, uh, you know, once a week or once a year. But for it to work well, we see from the Bible that God wants us to focus in on him and to pray frequently. He talks about it all the time. Paul says, praying night and day is something that the Bible encourages us in, in praying frequently. Another verse, Ephesians 6.18, says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. So pray frequently. I mean, you look at this, at this kind of praying, and it actually can begin to challenge you at the core. This next level praying for the Spirit of God to give us clarity and direction and understanding about prayer. I mean, let's just be honest. Most of the time, it's a struggle to pray throughout the day. Maybe you feel good if you remember to pray once a day. Uh, maybe you pray more often than that. But here he's talking about praying night and day. We're talking about praying frequently throughout the day. And in order to get where we're talking about, um, you know, I want to invite you to, um, to do something. Because when it comes to effective praying, bold prayers, one of the things that gets in the way is all the stuff we've got about prayer in our past. Maybe, maybe you don't know much about prayer. Or maybe you, you know, it's kind of like if there was a big blackboard up here and we could see everything that you have learned about prayer, maybe we just should erase it off and start fresh. See, a, a fresh start might be so helpful to us. So let, let's, let's get a little definition. You know, prayer is a constant conversation with God. It's on your paper. It's on the screen. Would you say it out loud? Ready? Prayer is a constant conversation with God. That's what it means to pray frequently. It's this constant conversation with him. When you're in a frequent conversation with someone, it changes you. It changes your perspective. And you don't always, you don't even have to always uh, realize how much change it's bringing in them or in you. You know, just a little comment will get you thinking about something in your life or a little problem that you have or something, some direction that you want to take. It changes your circumstances of your life just by being in a frequent conversation. Hadn't that happened to you? You know, you, you talk to somebody about something and you think, that might just be the answer that I was looking for. Or I, I know some of you that you'll talk to somebody about this little vacation place that they went. And then it won't be too long that you're thinking about, I think we ought to go there. And then you, your whole life is changed by just the, the frequent conversations that you might have with others. We need to be in frequent conversation with God. And really, that, sometimes that can take all the pressure off a frequent conversation. See, it, it, it helps you to realize that I'm not trying to come up with my best prayer. I'm not just trying to think about if I, the best prayer I've ever prayed. We're just talking. We're just talking to God. I mean, think about the person, if you were married, the person that you're married to, if you just had a conversation once a month. I hope that's not true. Um, but, you know, if you only talked occasionally, you might think I need to come up with the best conversation that I could. And there'd be pressure to have a good conversation. And that's what we do with God a lot of times. 
We, we, we don't talk to him all the time, so we try to just talk to him from time to time, and there's a lot of pressure on us to get the message across. It's a constant conversation. So the people that you talk to all the time, you talk, you know, sometimes we talk about the same things over and over. How, how's your day? How's the weather? How things go? Uh, well, you know, do you do the same thing with God? Just talking to God about what's going on in your day. You see something beautiful and you say, God, that's really beautiful. Or you hear something and you say, God, that's just amazing. Thanks for doing that. And you go on and on, and you don't have to stop. You don't have to get down on your knees, uh, even as important as that can be. You can be in constant conversation with God. You know what? That means you got to take your frustrations to him as well. I mean, if you're going to talk to God about everything, you got to talk to him about the stuff that's bugging you. I mean, you're driving along, you know, you're, having, you're in your car, and this person cuts you off. And you say, what in the world? And maybe you even call him, hey, what's wrong with you, you jerk? <laughs> right? Is that bad to say in church? I don't know. <laughs> you know, it, it changes things. You know what? You're talking to this person that cannot hear you. That cannot do it. You can't do anything about it. So what you should do is talk to God. You're frustrated. Hey, God, did you see that? That guy, there's, what is wrong with it? We talk to somebody that can hear us because you, you, know, you know what happens. He takes the pressure off. He says, you know, I've seen you drive like that a few times. <laughs> you know, you get so upset about them, but I, I see how it is. And by the way, do you know that I love them? Do you know how much I care about them? They're not acting very well right now, but I still love them, just like I love you. You see what happens when you talk to God all the time? You talk to your frustrations, and instead of waiting till you get home or you get to your job and you just you spend the whole day talking about this guy that, can, that you can't do a single thing about, but you're talking to God frequently. About those things. See, that's a tiny little change, but it actually changes everything. Bringing God into, into the conversation. God can bring peace. God can share in your frustrations. So anything and everything, you talk to God about it. A constant conversation. What I'm saying, instead of trying to pray better, just pray more often. Because if you pray frequently, you will pray better. That's how it works. It's the only way to have a great conversation to, with those uh, that are around us is to, to practice that, to do it frequently. So I was thinking about a, um, adding, like in your outline here, I gave uh, like a few practices and some quotes that we can, that we can hear together. Um, here, here's a practice for you. Uh, the practice is first two minutes, pray. Pray the first two minutes. You say, first two minutes of what, Pastor? Well, the first two minutes of everything. Just pray. First two minutes of your day. First two minutes of when you, when you get in your car to go. First two minutes when you walk into a meeting or walk into work. First two minutes of, of any situation like that. Now, I'm not saying you say, okay, hold on, everybody. Everybody just be still. We're just going to have a little prayer uh, for the next two. No, you're just praying on your own. 
inviting God into that situation oh, over and over. It's a, it's a practice for me. I encourage you to practice it. Like when you get ready to walk into a situation or you're going to walk into a conversation, every time I'm praying, okay, Lord, I have no idea what's about to happen here, but I'm trusting you. Guide me, guide my words. You know, just a simple little prayer that I'm praying. I mean, I'm walking in the meeting and we're saying hello, but they don't even realize I'm praying, okay, Lord, this is, this is your time. This is what's going to happen here. And so I'm going to trust you uh, in those moments. So it's a, it, it creates, I mean, you pray the first two minutes of just about everything, you'd be praying all day. Always praying for this next person, this next conversation. Oswald Chambers, great devotional writer. He said, if in the first waking moment of the day, you learn to fling the door back and let God in, every public thing will be stamped with the presence of God. Isn't that what we long for? We pray that God would show up, that he would be present. So you take opportunity to invite him into every situation. We learn from Paul, pray frequently, night and day. We start the day with this conversation with God. Number two, secondly, pray earnestly. We learn from this scripture, pray earnestly. Now that word earnestly, uh, what does that mean? Well, earnestly doesn't mean, it doesn't simply mean honest. It doesn't simply mean sincere. We talked a little bit about those words last week. This is a particular word that actually means passionately intensely. This word earnestly is used here. It's actually the same word that has a little bit different emphasis on it that is in Ephesians 3.20. Ephesians 3.20 says this, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond. That exceedingly word there is the same word as earnestly exceedingly abundantly beyond all we ask or think according to the power that works within us. There's another great verse about prayer. We actually started there uh, last week. So what he's saying is that we need to pray with greater earnestness, with greater intensity and passion. What I'm saying is to add intensity to your prayer. So let's add some heat to our prayer, some heat more intensity. You know, I think sometimes there's different areas of our life that we need more heat. You probably need more heat in your marriage. Come on. Right? Our marriages get just um, where there's no movement there and we're struggling and we're just kind of passing each other. Uh, maybe you need to have more heat in your job. You know, we get ourselves in trouble when we, we start feeling lackadaisical or maybe we're frustrated about this or that and we sort of lost that passion. Remember the passion you used to have for that? Remember how thrilled you got when they hired you and how we changed? So prayer needs heat. Prayer needs intensity. You need to have a lot of hot air. I don't mean it. Like we normally mean that. I'm just talking about more passion and more heat in our prayers. Paul says, 
praying earnestly, when you're exceedingly earnestly praying, what I'm saying is that prayer is with all your heart. Prayer is with passion. I mean, if there's an area in your life that you should go for it in your life, it is in your prayer life as much as anything else. Quit being matter of fact. Quit just using cliches. Pray with all your heart. Pray with passion and intensity. Abraham Lincoln said, I have been driven many times to my knees by the conviction that I had nowhere else to go. That's intensity. That's heat. That's the intensity of I have nowhere else to go for this need in my life. So you, you pray with that kind of passion. You pray with intensity. Now, there, there are some ways that you can help yourself do that. You say, well, how do, how do I do that, Pastor? I just kind of close my eyes tighter. And, no, I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you a couple examples. Um, one way to learn to pray with greater intensity is to pray out loud. Pray out loud. Because when you hear yourself saying it, you can tell, do I really mean it? Do I really feel it? What, what's going on here? Praying out loud, um, you know, we, we don't usually think with high emotion. You know, we kinda, we're just kind of quiet and thinking of ourselves. You know, we sort of think logically. We think a little slowly. But our words bring intensity. You know, I'm a... I'm a verbal processor. That means that I learn a lot when I'm talking. If I'm talking about something that I think I understand, talking with somebody about it, I can tell in me, am I, am I, is this what I believe? Is this what I'm hoping for? So how do you ramp up heat? Uh, you pray out loud. Maybe that means you got to get outside or you got to go somewhere. Or when you've got these few moments by yourself, walk around, talk to God. Tell him what's in your heart. You know, you think those people in your car are singing. Maybe some of them are praying. Talking out loud to God. It, it helps me. Uh, another way is to pray scripture like Psalms. Do you know Psalms, uh, especially if you get beyond just the few that you know, and you're reading the Psalms and you begin to pray. The Psalms are intense. I mean, David is writing about anger and frustration and how grief has overwhelmed him. And, you know, you start praying that stuff out loud, you begin to put words to it, and it creates intensity and heat in your prayer. So do you have, do you have enough heat? Do you have enough intensity? Paul teaches us to pray that way, night and day, praying earnestly. Number three. Third thing he teaches us in the scripture is that they're going to pray the kind of prayers, bold prayers, we need to pray specifically. Pray specifically. That's also in verse 10 there. Night and day we pray earnestly for you, asking God to let us see you again to fill the gaps in your faith. Now, a lot of times when we're talking to God, we pray general prayers. God bless the world. God bless my family. But where's the specificity? Where's the specificness in that? What the Bible teaches us is to pray with boldness. To pray with boldness. I mean, look at the next verse in your outline there, Hebrews 4, 16. It says, let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There... We will receive his mercy. We will receive his mercy. And we will find grace to help us when we need it most. 
So we come to God in prayer and boldness. I'm beginning to get all tingly here. I'm thinking about the uh, boldness doesn't mean that you're telling God what to do because none of us can do that. None of us are God. We are his creation. We worship him. We respect him. We don't tell him what to do, but boldness means... There's the phrase right there. Boldness in prayer is asking God to act. Asking God to be involved. Asking God to ask. Let's, we read the other one. Let's read this one together. Ready? Boldness in prayer is asking God to act. Asking him to be involved. Um, asking God to do something. I mean, somebody defined prayer as... It means that God uses prayer to give us what he wants us to have. God uses prayer to give us what he wants us to have. It's an amazing thing. Do you know that God can put in your mind what he wants to give you? what he wants to do in your life. Why do you feel led to pray about those certain things? Because maybe God is putting that in your mind. You know, he's good. He's better than Amazon. You know, he's better than one-day delivery because he gives it many times instantly as he puts thoughts into your mind. Uh, you know, sometimes people say something like this. You know, prayer doesn't really change circumstances, but it changes you, and that's enough. I won't ask you to raise your hand. You might have, said, you might have quoted something like that. I don't agree with that at all. I understand why we say something like that, but what's the point of praying if he's not going to change anything? Certainly, he will change me, but he also wants to change the circumstances that are going on around us. I mean, it's like, I mean, just think if you got caught out in the, in the snowstorm and it's cold and you're drenched sweat and you're shivering and you see a light, your car's broken down and you see this light nearby and you go to the house and you see a fire inside and you knock on the door and you want to go in to get warm and get out of the storm and there's this person looking through the little peephole at you. Can I help you? And you say, could, could I come in? I'm drenched wet. Uh, oh, no, no, we have a policy here that we don't let any strangers in our house. But I'll tell you, if you just keep knocking on the door, it'll make things better. Just, just keep knocking on the door. God does not tell us to pray frequently, to pray earnestly, so that we can just keep knocking for no reason. He tells us, keep knocking, because there's some door that he wants to open into your life. So you pray because God wants to change circumstances. You pray because God wants to change you and me. We pray specifically. We ask God to act. With that in mind, you can look at this prayer. And this prayer is stunning. It's like my favorite scripture right now. I just can't believe what he's saying here because I realize that like this is not just Paul saying some nice things to the people he's writing to. God is using Paul's situation to teach you how to pray better. It's like prayer class for us to learn. You need prayer class? Well, you got, you're, you're in one right now, right? So listen to this. Beginning with verse 11, he says, May God the Father and our Lord Jesus bring us to you very soon. And may the Lord make your love for one another and for all people grow and overflow just as our love for you overflows. May he... 
As a result, make your heart strong, blameless, and holy as you stand before God our Father when our Lord Jesus comes again with all his holy people. Amen. He wasn't just talking. He's praying. Now notice, notice what he's praying for here. Uh, five different kind of practices uh, that we can implement. Number one is that he prays for God to remove obstacles. Pray for God to remove obstacles. It's a great specific way to pray. You pray for God to get things out of the way so his will can be done. He prays, may God the Father, the Lord Jesus, bring us to you very soon. Well, there's, there's some obstacles in the way. Doesn't that prayer make you realize that there's some things in the way that need to be taken care of so that I can be able to get to you? The idea of bringing us being able to go to them is the idea of removing obstacles. You know Paul's story a little bit, maybe. Um, we know that he got thrown in prison occasionally. We know that he was often involved in riots and it was hard for him to travel. The roads were bad. So there were many obstacles in the way for him to get to these people he was writing to. So he prays, God, remove the obstacles specifically that are in the way of getting to the, the, these people that he was wanting to, to visit and to encourage in their faith. You know, prayer recognizes that there are specific things in the way of God's will being done. The, so you pray to get those things removed. Do you know that the will of God is perfect? The will of God is perfect, but stuff gets in the way. Stuff gets in the way of his will being done. And so we pray, you know, we live in a world that is full of sin. We live in a world where God has given all of us freedom of our human choice, and sometimes we make bad choices. And so things get in the way of God accomplishing what he wants. So we live in a world that also allows us to pray for those things to be taken out of the way. I've realized that many times I'm praying about a situation that may involve somebody else's free will. God's not going to violate their free will for that to happen. But I also notice there's some stuff in the way. So, you know, you're, you're praying for this person. And so let's, let's suppose that I'm praying, for, I'm praying for somebody and they're right here. And where I need them to be is at the edge of that step so they can take that step toward Christ. I'm praying for them. I want them to come to know Christ. But I begin to realize, man, there's a bunch of junk in the way here. You know, they don't even like church. They got hurt at church. And so they're, they're struggling with that. And so I'm praying, God, would you give them a whole new perspective? Help them to have some connection with people that, that love them, that they could see church and believers in a different way that might allow them to feel like they could come. Or I know that they are fearful about this situation or they made this bad decision here or there. You see what's happening? I'm not, I'm not just saying, okay, God, I, I prayed this same prayer forever and ever. Save my friend, save my loved one because I need them to be right there. But what I'm praying is that the obstacles are out of the way, that we're removing these obstacles and we're bringing them to the place because God will bring somebody that I'm praying for right to the edge of decision. He won't make the decision for them. They still got to make that decision, but the decision makes a lot more sense standing here than it did way back over there. So what have I been up to? I'm praying about obstacles. I'm praying that God would get things out of the way. 
He's praying that he could go there and fill in the gaps in their faith. He said, I need to get there. And there's some obstacles in the way. And so he's praying that God would, would remove the obstacles and get him to the place where the will of God could be accomplished. That's good prayer class right there. Paying attention to what is it that I'm praying about. So um, you could pray. Uh, remove this obstacle, remove this need. Um, God will answer prayers like that. He won't force them to do anything, but he'll pray that things will get out of the way so that his will can be accomplished. Paul said, I want to be with you. And there's some obstacles in the way. Um, did, did Paul, was that prayer ever answered? Well, in Acts 21, uh, the scripture says, 20, 20 verse 1, when the uproar had ended, Paul sent his disciples and after encouraging them, said goodbye and set out for Macedonia. You know where Thessalonica is? Macedonia. <laughs> he said, I need to get there. And he's praying for that. And so the obstacles have been removed. You know, one thing we should pray is bulldozer prayers. Bulldozer prayers. Uh, you know what bulldozers do? They come along and they move stuff out of the way. They move trees and rocks and dirt and uh, things out of the way so that something can happen there. Maybe you say, God, I need this. And, uh, let's, let's say, God, I need a, a job. I need, I need a different job. I've been struggling with this. And, um, you know, so what do, you, what do you do? Maybe you pray that God would get some obstacles out of the way. Now, I don't mean that you pray a prayer where you say, get that person out of that job so I can have that job. It's like mafia prayer. We don't, we're not praying that. Um, no, we're saying, would you get whatever out of the way that will help this prayer to be accomplished? And God begins to work on those obstacles. Just, just be fair warned. The obstacle might be you. The obstacle might be your way of thinking your self-centeredness. Maybe he needs to do something about you to get that obstacle out of the way so that his will can be done and that prayer can be answered. He says, pray for God to remove obstacles. Number two, this specific idea. Pray to God to increase love. To increase love. You know, God is love. He wants love to increase. So he's, he's going to answer that. Don't you think that's the kind of prayer that God would answer just about every time? Increase love. Verse 12. May the Lord make your love for one another and for all people grow and overflow just as, your, as our love for you overflows. So... You know, he's encouraging us, reminding us that he wants us not to just grow in, in knowledge and understanding, not to just grow in what we, what we have learned, but to grow in love. 1 Corinthians 8, 1. While knowledge makes us feel important, it is love that really builds up the church. I mean, if you try to increase in your life, let's say you're trying to increase in serving others, but you do it without growing in love, maybe you just grow in pride. If you try to increase in faith without increasing, increasing in love, the Bible says that brings nothing. 1 Corinthians 13, 2, if I have faith that I can move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. 
So it's one of the most significant things that you can pray in your life. It's the most eternal thing that God can do in your life is that your love would increase. If you pray specific prayers that you know God will specifically answer, you pray for love to increase in your life. Are you becoming more loving or less loving? More loving, more critical. You pray that love would grow and look at it how Paul looks at it, that your love would grow and overflow. He even tells us how it works, how this process works. Love grows, then it overflows. Then it grows, then it overflows. If it doesn't overflow, there's no room to grow. So it's like a glass of water. If you fill it to the brim, there's no more room for water until you overflow some of it on something else. Same thing in your life. If you want to grow in love, God will fill you up with love, and then you overflow that on some other people around you, and then he puts more love into you, and you continue to grow and overflow. God fills you up with love that you can take it and overflow on the life of others. He increases our capacity to grow. So how do you, how do, you do this one? Uh, maybe you pray a prayer like this. God, increase my love for and fill in the blank. Increase my love for. Now, I notice how this works. Maybe you say, I don't want to increase my love for that person. Uh, I don't think I can forgive that person. I don't want to increase that love for that person. We had a fight on the way to church in the car. I don't want to pray that. But you know you should. More love. You know you want to because God will help increase your love for those people, for that person. And God will overflow and grow your love in ways that you would not believe. It's a specific prayer that God can answer. God is love. He wants to pour out more love on us. Um, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't know why we don't pray it more often. Why don't I pray that kind of prayer? Help me to love better. Increase my love in this situation. Genuine love changes everything, makes all the difference. It'll affect my tone. It'll affect the content of my words. It'll affect how I think about these people in this situation. He's saying, pray specifically, uh, pray for God to increase our love. Number three, pray for a change of heart. Now, this one comes flowing right out of the other one. Um, God's increasing our love, and he starts to change our character. He starts to change who we are. He changes me. He changes them. Paul prayed, may he, as a result of this increase of love, may he make your hearts strong. Let's just stop right there. He's talking about character change. Praying not simply for circumstances to change. Yes, we pray for that. But we pray for heart change. We pray that my heart would change. We pray that their heart would change. You don't just pray for other people's circumstances to change. Yes, we pray that. We pray for their character to change. I mean, you can pray for God to give you things, and he will answer those prayers. I mean, he says pray things like, give us this day our daily bread, right? He wants to give us things. I mean, when you pray... For God, say, God, give me a loaf of bread or some other physical material thing. And that prayer gets answered. It's woo-hoo. That was great. You met that need. Thank God for that. But when you pray, God, help me to be more patient. God, help me to, be, to give me kindness. Would you, would you help my friend 
be more patient in her circumstances? Would you help her uh, with, with kindness? You, you see, that, that's the greater thrill, right? Because I can't make anybody more patient. Might make them less patient. But I, can, I cannot do anything to somebody's heart. That's a work that only God uh, can do. Only God can give people an attitude change uh, to be more patient, to be at work in their life. And this is so exciting that we could pray for God to change my perspective, to change, make me more patient, help make that person more patient. Uh, you pray for that person. So we're going we're gonna to practice it. This is our practice today. So uh, just, would, would you just look around for a minute? Who's sitting to your right? Who's sitting to your left? Maybe, maybe, maybe somebody in front of you that uh, you might know these people, or maybe you don't know them at all. So let's pray for them, all right? So um, everybody look to your right and say, God, give them a stronger heart. Did you just say that out loud? Ready? God, give them a stronger heart. Boy, that's a great prayer, isn't it? That we would pray that for them. Love is increasing in me, and now I'm praying that God would help. Man, we live in tough times, and we need strong hearts. God, to help us stay focused, let's not leave them out. Let's look to the left, all right? Look to the left and pray the prayer. Ready? God, give them a strong heart. That's our prayer uh, for each other, that we, we have this attitude that we want to pray that God would give them a, a strong heart, praying specifically. Don't you think that's the kind of prayer that God would answer just about every time? He's trying to help us to pray specifically. Uh, number four, I got two more really quick. One is, number four is pray for God's greatest will. Pray for God's greatest will. I, I think that we should just go all out in prayer. If we're going to raise the heat and intensity, that we go all out in prayer. You know, I meet people sometimes that apologize in their prayer. I, it, it wasn't you. It was somebody over there. All right. And, and here's how it goes. Uh, they're, they're praying this prayer, and they pray a prayer that sounds like, well, God, if you want to do this, I'm not really sure if you want to do this, but maybe you don't want to do it, but I'm not really telling you what to do. Just let me just tell you in advance, I'm not going to be mad with you if you don't do it. It's going to be okay, and uh, in Jesus' name, amen. All right. <laughs> don't apologize in prayer. We're talking to God Almighty that encouraged you to be bold in your prayer. Pray for his greatest will. May God, as a result, make your heart strong. And then he prays, blameless and holy as you stand before God our Father. I mean, blameless? Really? I mean, who is blameless? What Paul is demonstrating here is he wants me to pray 100%. Not praying like a 25% or a 50%, but a 100% bold prayer before God. Why not? I'm talking to God. It's free. It's free. And I'm talking to the God of the universe, the kind of specific prayer. I mean, why, why wouldn't you guys pray for the best possible wife that you could get? That's a good prayer, right? I'm not praying just that I can find somebody just that I could get by. But pray early in your life for the greatest person that fits you that God wants you to marry. Man, that's a bold, that's a 100% prayer. We need to learn to pray like that. Praying for God's greatest will in mind. 
Like, what does God want to accomplish? What is God willing to do? What is God putting in my heart? And am I, am I willing to go to God about his greatest will and purpose in, in, in my life? God's greatest will. 100% prayers. What does he want to do? Last, number five. Pray for God's ultimate end in mind. God's ultimate end in mind. He prays for us looking not just at the future, but looking all the way into eternity. Listen to this. May he, as a result, make your heart strong, blameless and holy as you stand before God our Father when our Lord Jesus comes again with all his holy people. You notice what? He's not just praying for you to have a good day this afternoon. He's not just praying that you would have a a strong heart. He's praying all the way to the glory of eternity in mind. It's the kind of prayer that looks at tomorrow, but also looks at eternity, which says, God, I I really have this need, and I want you to meet the need. I I have this circumstance, but but really what I want you to do is to do this so that when I stand before you in eternity, I'm going to be grateful how you met my needs, how you guided my life, how you worked in that situation. We're going to give you praise. You're not only praying a prayer for the current, but you're praying with eternity uh, in mind on your behalf and on those that you're praying for. Maybe you would pray, God, help me to forgive. I don't want to live in this bitterness. I don't want to live in this anger anymore. Help me to overcome, but not just so that I can be better today. Help me to forgive so that one day when I stand before you, I can praise you that you gave me the strength to forgive. You gave me the strength to find that healing. That's what I need to do. Give me that kind of strength. Or you pray. God, help my friend to come into a relationship with you because I want to celebrate with them for eternity. Uh, That's praying with an eye on tomorrow, but also for eternity. And you pray this prayer. It expands our prayers. Do you like prayer class today from the Apostle Paul? He's expanding your ability to understand. Now, life is difficult. We are doubtful sometimes. We live in a world full of sin and difficulties. We live in a world where we make choices that hurt other people. Disasters come. We learn that we cannot simply depend on ourselves for everything to happen. We need to be bold prayers. When I'm depending more on myself than depending on him, um, I realize that I'm not taking advantage of the support that he has offered to us. So we're going to close here. Two ways. One, I'd like us to pray a prayer together, asking God for this kind of change. I love writing prayers that help me to be able to go back to that prayer. This is a prayer that you could pray all week. A prayer that you could keep in your Bible to think about uh, a prayer for change. Uh, Look at it. It's printed. It's going to show up on the screen, uh, I think, for you as well. It says, uh, Lord, I want things to change, really change in my prayer life. I pray from time to time. I want to learn to pray all the time. Teach me to pray. I pray casually. I want to learn to pray earnestly and boldly. Teach me to pray. I pray for a change of my circumstances, but forget to pray for a change in my character. I pray for my needs to be met, but I forget to pray for my love to increase. My prayers often stretch no further than tomorrow. I want them to reach towards eternity. Jesus, teach me to pray. Teach me to pray with boldness, and then we'll pray it in his name. 
Would you pray that kind of prayer? And that would be the, the hunger of our heart in prayer to see what he wants to accomplish. Let's stand up. Stand up. And we're going to say this prayer for change. Now, you already heard it. Maybe you already agreed with it. You know, get your voice on. <clears throat> you haven't talked for or sang for a little while. But really, I'm not as interested in this voice as in the voice of your spirit crying out to him. A prayer for change in how I pray and who I am. You ready? Let's make this prayer together for him. Ready? Lord, I want things to change, really change in my prayer life. I pray from time to time. I want to learn to pray all the time. Teach me to pray. I pray casually. I want to learn to pray earnestly and boldly. Teach me to pray. I pray for a change of my circumstances but forget to pray for a change in my character. I pray for my needs to be met, but forget to pray for my love to increase. My prayers often stretch no further than tomorrow. I want them to reach toward eternity. Jesus, teach me to pray. Teach me to pray with boldness. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you bow with me? Lord, thank you for teaching us today from this amazing section of Scripture. Thanks for the model that the Apostle Paul is to us. Lord, we pray for this change to happen. We pray that you would deepen us, walk with us, teach us. We pray all these things believing that you can change us, our circumstances, our character, our love for all eternity. We trust you and we decide today we'll be better prayers because of you and what you have done in us. In Jesus' name, everybody said together, amen.